Hello, this is Zandy Hicks. This podcast is called Bold, Brave, and Daring because, well, that's already inside of you. You can choose to be bold, brave, and daring every day of your life. And this podcast teaches you how to walk through life with God, Him showing you how to become bold, brave, and daring. This podcast is like letters from God Himself. So stay tuned because I know that He wants to speak right to you. Hello, everyone. So today is letter 17 in the Screw Tape Letters. And this letter is about gluttony. I mean, gluttony is a word I haven't heard used except for like in the Bible a couple of times. Um, It means, I had to look it up, it means excess and compulsive eating and drinking. And it's really cool how they put it in here because I really haven't thought about this. And it says, my dear Wormwood, The contemptuous way in which you spoke of gluttony as a means of catching souls in your last letter only shows your ignorance. One of the great achievements of the last hundred years has been to deaden the human's conscience on that subject, so that by now you will hardly find a sermon preached or a conscience troubled about it in the whole length and breadth of Europe. This has largely been affected by concentrating all our efforts on gluttony of delicacy, not gluttony of excess, which we're going to get into. Your patient's mother, as I learned from the dozier, and you might have learned from Glubos, which is her demon, is a good example. She would be astonished, one day I hope she will be, to learn that her whole life is enslaved to this kind of sensuality, which is quite concealed from her by the fact that the quantities involved are small. But what do quantities matter, provided we can use a human belly and palate to produce querulousness, impatience, uncharitableness, and self-concern? Those are some big words. Glubos has this old woman well in hand. She is a positive terror to hostesses and servants. She is always turning from what has been offered to her to say with a demure little sigh and a smile, Oh, please, please. All I want is a cup of tea. Weak, but not too weak. And the teeniest, weensiest bit of real crisp toast. You see? Because what she wants is smaller and less costly than what has been set before her, she never recognizes as gluttony her determination to get what she wants, however troublesome it may be to others. In reality, she does this because it is the particular shade of delicacy to which we have enslaved her is offended by the sight of more food than she happens to want. You know, it's true. There's no sermons or messages referring to gluttony anymore. I mean, this book is 1942, and... There's based in the last hundred years, he says, we have gotten all the messages out on gluttony. And it's true for even now today. I mean, it's been 80 years since this book was written. And I really don't hear any messages on gluttony. I've never heard one. So it goes on, you know, as we, it's just crazy that they've kind of expelled that out. What else I read was going on about the older woman and how another demon has her well in hand. She can never find a good waiter or waitress to bring her her exact order to perfection. And then Screwtape refers to it as a delicacy, but it's he's referring to a state of mind where she becomes addicted to having everything perfect related to food and being consumed by it. She's consumed by her belly more than her mind. And her toast and tea have to be just right. And to her, this isn't gluttony because all that she's having is a small portion but she's being a pain to those around her. And then her friends really don't want to go out with her 
to eat because she's such a pain when she orders and she's rude to the servants. It says on page 88, the real value of the quiet, unobstructive work which Globus has been doing for years on this old woman can be gauged by the way in which her belly now dominates her whole life. The woman is in what may be called the all-I-want state of mind. All she wants is a cup of tea properly made, or an egg properly boiled, or a slice of bread properly toasted, but she never finds any servant or any friend who can do these simple things quote-unquote properly because her properly conceals an insatiable demand for the exact and almost impossible palatable pleasures which she imagines she remembers from the past. The past where she describes it as the days when you could get good servants, but known to us as the days when her senses were more easily pleased and she had pleasures of other kinds, which made her less dependent on those of the table. If ever the enemy, which is God, introduces into her mind a faint suspicion that she is too interested in food, Glubos, her demon, counters it by suggesting to her that she doesn't mind what she eats herself. She does like to have things nice for her boy, quote-unquote. In fact, of course, her greed has been one of the chief sources of his domestic discomfort for many years. Okay, so when it says that, I mean, just that first part about how her belly consumes her is convicting, just like every letter has been. But I try to be very health conscious, and I'm allergic to gluten and dairy, and so it's really hard to not have that control my life and what I eat. But we can't let our bodies control us. I can't let my body and what I eat control my life, like it said. We also can't make servants and our friends uncomfortable around us when we go out to eat by being so specific and needing everything to be perfect. Food just, it shouldn't be that important to us. And I think that Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest have made food such a thing. I mean, people call themselves foodies because it's so such a relevant topic now of everyone talking about food and being consumed by what they eat. And it can be something that we think about all the time, but it shouldn't be. As we learned in all the other letters, it should be us focusing on God. I'll continue on that in just a second, but that last line reveals that this older woman is Wormwood's patient's mother. So the guy that we've been referencing to the whole time, this is his mom. And that last line was saying, you know, how he keeps trying to get his patient annoyed at his mother. This is one of the things that annoys him most about her is how she has to have everything so particular when she eats and that she's a pain to go out with. So that's the woman and that's how she is being deceived. And then it switches to the patient that we've been focusing on. It says, being a male, he is not so likely to be caught up by the all I want camouflage like his mom is. Males are best turned into gluttons with the help of their vanity. They ought to be made to think of themselves very knowing about food to pique themselves on having found the only restaurant in town where steaks are really properly cooked. What begins as vanity can then be gradually turned into habit. So the male becomes prideful and admires himself because he thinks he knows best. He knows the best restaurants and the best food. It goes on to talk about getting his patient, the male one, in a condition of false spirituality. So he's eating or drinking and the demon has him so focused on that to the point that he can sway him, even, even his sexual urges and his values, because the patient has let him sway him in what he eats. So 
it keeps going on in the letter and says basically, let him believe that's working for him. Let him believe that working out and him being tired are leading to him lowering his values and lowering his standard of refraining from sexual urges. Another way of saying it is the patient believes filling up his time and his mind with food and workouts and sleep, he can have more control over his values. But in reality, his mind isn't as sharp because he's agreed to the little temptings all day, the little temptings of food. So I see this happening in my life when I have a thought of like, I need a coffee when I'm out. And I'm not saying that's bad, but if you can never tell your urges no, then you're not in control of them. And this is true when you're not married, but you have sexual urges. God made us as as humans to want sex and intimacy. But if you let that control you, you're going to end up sinning and not be in control of those urges. So the main thing about this letter is you got to be in control of your mind, even with food. Healthy and unhealthy foods don't need to consume you. We can't make food more important than God. I mean, Jesus went 40 days without food when he lived here on earth to fast and to pray and to spend time with God. And then the devil came to tempt him at the end of the 40 days because he knew that's when Jesus would be at his weakest. Jesus stayed strong and quoted back scripture against the devil's attacks. And he went away and then angels came and fed Jesus. And if Jesus can stay strong and not be consumed by the thought of food after not eating for 40 whole days, we surely can control our mind and not be consumed by food. So this letter is very convicting to me, and I hope that it's given you some insight. It's kind of a harder letter to understand. It took me longer to work through what exactly C.S. Lewis was saying. It's a more complicated one because it's such a subtle thing. And it's something that I have a conviction about of being healthy, but I cannot let that consume me. I can't spend more time thinking about what I'm going to cook and what I'm eating and should I eat right now? And, oh, I want this and I want that. And when I'm out thinking about like, I need this and I need a cup of coffee and I need food right now, but focusing on God and saying, okay, the main thing that should consume me in my life is God. And focusing on you, Lord, and then I can move on to the things that have less value than God. But nothing has more value than God. Nothing should consume us more than God and his presence and being with him. So tomorrow's letter, letter 18, is probably my favorite in the whole book because it gives such insight into marriage and sex and intimacy and being in love. So I'm looking forward to that one. And yeah, I hope that this spoke to you today and have a good one. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Bold, Brave, and Daring is all about making you bold, brave, and daring. Like I say, because it's already inside of you and God wants to show that to you. So if you have any questions, please DM me, message me. I would love to hear your questions or about what God has done in your life. So Let me know, comments, and I love you, and I hope that you have a wonderful week.